man is not old until he stops learning. When you stop learning, you start dying. Learning is the key to greatness. Join us every Sunday at Global Impact Church at The Goodland, Ifako Bus Stop, Oworonshoki, Ogbudu Expressway, Lagos, Nigeria. Host, Yemi and Bimbo Davids. For inquiries, visit www.globalimpactng.org. Global Impact Church. Think greatness. Achieve greatness. Lift your voice. Let's give God praise this morning. Let's give God praise this morning. Thanking Him for the month of February. This is the last Sunday in February. Can we go ahead and give thanks to God for the month of February? From the beginning of February. Thank you, Jesus. Lift your voices. Let's praise Him. At the center of your is you that I see. It's you that I see. At the center of your At the center of it restoration and we thank you for there shall no evil befall us nor any plague come near our dwelling place thank you for your mercy thank you for your great mercy thank you for your wisdom at work in our lives we praise you this morning thank you for the month of February in Jesus mighty name and God's people said amen say louder amen Praise the Lord. I want us to have a um, um, scripture reading, but responsibly where we're standing. Uh, our media team, if you could help us with the if Psalm 121. We're gonna, I'll take verse 1, you take verse 2, and then we'll take the last verse together. Uh, just before I came in this morning, I was asking uh, two of our guys, it's been on my mind anyway, that which one is more important, prosperity or protection? Huh? Are you sure? <laughs> which one is more important? Now, prosperity is great, isn't it? But in the hierarchy of need, 
protection is more important? Which one is more important, education or protection? Protection, because you can have all the degrees in this world and a wrong attack or something can just end that in a day. I'm saying that because of our spiritual focus today so that we can all embrace that understanding. Wisdom helps you to know how to put things in the right order, how to prioritize things. The challenges uh, some people have is wrong priorities. In life, there are priorities in, in everything you do. In, in your finance, there are priorities. In your relationship, there are priorities. In, 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 in dealings, there are priorities. So when you understand which one comes first, then the second, the third, the fourth will fall into place. The challenge comes when you, you know, uh, misappropriate the priorities. Praise the Lord. Are we ready? I will lift up my eyes to the hills. From whence come my help? Verse 2. Can we say it again? Okay, verse 3. He will not allow your foot to be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Verse 4. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. Verse 6. The Lord shall preserve you from all evil. It shall preserve your soul. Going out, you're coming in from this time forth and even forevermore. Now let's do verse 8 together. <laughs> Media, wake up. Oh. <laughs> Psalm 121 verse 8. Can we do it together now? One, two, go. Sharp. Now let's personalize it. I wanted to say that. You put mine, right? Okay. One, two, go. The Lord shall preserve my going out and my coming in from this time forth and even forever. Amen. Please put your hands together. Uh, can we go around and greet like five people and just... Um, uh, just greet them. Make sure you smile. If you're online, we're sending you a wave. Send us a wave. <laughs> Hallelujah. Can we put our hands together some more again as we take our seat? Now, Psalms 37 verse 19, as a way of reminder of our syllabus, uh, last Sunday, um, just to remind you that you will flourish in time of famine. We got a powerful lot of feedback from last Sunday's uh, services. Uh, for those of us that were in the third and sec uh, second and third services, this was a verse of encouragement for us, uh, just to show and to help you see that in this time of economic challenges, which is actually a global thing, uh, though ours is a bit more peculiar and maybe more uh, needs more attention, so to say, we need to allow the faith, the word of God to penetrate us as, as souls so that we don't walk in fear. He said, they shall not be ashamed in the evil time, 
and in the days of famine they shall be what? Satisfied. Now, can we have this in uh, all the versions so that we can embrace it? I've, I've actually told people if you could laminate it or write it out and put it on, so just especially for this particular year, that in the time of famine, I will be satisfied. NLT says, they will not be disgraced in hard times. Somebody say amen to that. Say, so I will not be disgraced in hard times. Even in famine, they will have more than enough. That's NLT. Any other version you can help us with this morning? Amplified classic, they shall not be put to shame in the time of evil, and in the days of famine, they shall be satisfied. You realize that from God's perspective, it is in the time of famine, they will survive, they will escape, they will just come out somehow. No, it said in the time of famine, they will be satisfied. It means it's not just survival, your life will be a testimony this year in the name of Jesus Christ. So they will not be disgraced. I, I like this, you know, they will not be disgraced in hard times. We, we are, we are uh, factually, you know, the economy and the situation around uh, speaks of hard times. But God is saying in the time of, in such, a, in such a time, we will not be disgraced. And in the days of famine, we will enjoy plenty. Somebody say, I'm enjoying plenty. And I want to remind us, you can't actually figure out how exactly God would do it. Your yours is to accept it and then mind your business. The challenge with faith is when you want to try to figure out, okay, how will I enjoy plenty? It means I will get this contract by next week. Or my dad will, you know, you, you can't figure that out with God. But you accept it and then God gets to work. While you are working, God begins to work behind the scenes and organize. It could come in form of literal gift. It can be another opening. Another opening. It can be uh, it can be any in fact sometimes God does it in the most hilarious way. Yeah, we, we, we looked at the story of Abraham at, uh, two Sundays ago where he out of this kind of famine he ran into a particular land. I think that was Egypt. And then he told them that his wife was his sister. And actually, at that time, she was a sister in principle from the family uh, makeup, you know, but it was a liar. At that time, you're supposed to say <laughs> it was your wife. And then they thought, okay, since it's a sister, she's very beautiful, they took her. The king took her. Ah, this, this is a good, beautiful woman. And because the king was thinking of getting married to her, started lavishing um, uh, Abraham with gifts, you know, cattle, donkeys, money, even staff, because it's my future brother-in-law, you know. And then at the end of the day, God was the one that went to appear to the man in the dream and said, you're taking a man's wife, you have to restore his wife. If not, the guy was shocked. And he said to God, he told me it's his sister. God said, I know, that's why I didn't allow you to go further. <laughs> so, I mean, the guy went to meet Abraham, they reconciled. But by the time they reconciled, Abraham was already rich in gold and silver and cattle. You, you can't think that up. You can't say, God will prosper me this season. And what will happen is that when I go to England or go to Canada, I will tell them she's my wife. You know, you, you, can't, you can't frame that. So the challenge with people, people want to try to, you know, how would God do it? 
No, let God do it. And then we share the testimony. Glory to God. So in the time of famine, you and I will be satisfied. Say louder, amen. Say bigger, amen. Okay, I just wanted to, um, you know, I said last week we're going to be on that, I'm on that campaign to encourage God's people about this time of economic crisis to bolster their faith, to energize their faith and help them walk in God's provision. Psalms 91 verse 10, um, I, I, I had that nudging also. I mean, I, I was we were to have like anointing service on finances today, but the Holy Spirit kept nudging my heart. No, do this on divine protection. And anytime the Holy Spirit moves like that, uh, he wants to uh, he wants to keep us from certain things. I don't know what it is. I mean, we could have done this in April during our uh, March covenant month when we are having Easter and things like that. But I, I think the Holy Spirit has a reason for this. And that's why I asked that question earlier. Which one is more important? People take things like health for granted. Things like divine protection. And, and the reason is, every time you wake up, you know, and you go out and you come back, it's very easy for you to just assume that it's, everything, it's always like that. And take things for granted. So we find out, we, we, we put energy, we put, you know, into other things, which are not wrong, but we take for granted this aspect. And when you take it too much, you, you, can, you can open the door. And you find that all the other things people are doing, the business, the money they are putting together, the house is building, and whatever they are doing, God forbid, one wrong attack can, can turn that joy into sorrow. So wise people always invest in protection. If you find nations like the Western world, as they are doing their economy, they are doing those things, they vote a lot of money for their military. Because somebody can just come and take those things from you with an invasion. You need to check how much the United States vote for military interventions. And sometimes it's not that you're going to fight anybody, but it's to tell them that you don't come near. Do you understand that? Don't, and, and, and that's what I want us to also do today. It's not that you are under attack. It's not that you are going to die. No, but you want to reinforce and say, Satan, no, no, no go area. Don't come near my home. Don't come near my, my wife or my husband, our children. Don't come near my property. Don't come near my business. Before you go on an, a frontal attack, uh, United States of America, for instance, you think twice. You don't even need to think. The thinking will think you. In that sense, you know, you, 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 you think, you, you thinking, thinking, think you. You don't just wake up one morning and say, I want to go and attack some nations. But when you think they are vulnerable, when you think they are weak, the temptation is there for you to attack. So we must not be vulnerable. We must not allow the enemy. So I'm going to be teaching a bit on this, and I want every one member of this ministry, on-site, online, you and any of our centers or campus, uh, to absorb this because we're going to go by road, fly by air, by ship. That is the physical part. There will be conspiracies at times in the business world. You go for a meeting like this, everybody's smiling. As you are leaving that meeting, you don't know what two or three people are planning. It happened to Daniel. It's not anything. It happened to Daniel. It happened to Joseph. It happened to Esther. So you need to reinforce. And sometimes it's family. 
You look at Cain and Abel. Just envy can lead to death. Look at Cain and Abel. Cain was, I mean, two brothers, elder, younger brother, and something happened. One was envious of the other, and went. it was even a direct physical attack and killed his brother. Don't be naive. And then there's the one that flies by day. And the arrows, you know, all those things where, God forbid, somebody's going out during the day and then uh, there's, there's, a, there's a fight somewhere and uh, shots are being fired and a stray bullet and somebody's life ends. No, it shouldn't happen to you. You should not be a victim of evil. Psalm 91 verse 10. No evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come what? Near your dwelling. Somebody say no evil. Not that, oh, some evil can happen to you, and this one, you know, you know, the first thing I need to drive home today in all our services is faith for complete protection. Not just protection, complete. You, 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 you'll be shocked how many people believe in protection but not holistically. You understand? They believe that God can do this. But when it comes to this, you can't tell. And that door can open Satan to attacking people. And many times, people believe that when something happens to someone they are very close to. If somebody, let me give an example. Somebody maybe that you're not so close to dies on the street or had a sickness or uh, an attack, you know. Oh, you can even say in the name of Jesus, not my portion. But if it's somebody that you know very well, maybe a Christian, a deacon of, of many years standing, or maybe a relative that you maybe you think you know the lifestyle of the person, you know the person, you know, and then and even up, well, something happens to the person, you can begin to change your theology. And many lives have been altered based on such an experience. You begin to rationalize it. Ah, Dickness, so and so. I know she serves God. I know this. I know that. If that can happen to her, that means there is a part of this protection or this thing that I don't understand. God knows all things. And that rationalization can lead to, ah, maybe it can happen to me. If it can happen to Dickness, so and so. Many people change their scriptural understanding based on other people's experience. And I need to say this, I've said this over the time in, in, in this church. You don't know people. You are looking at me now. You don't really know me. Do, do you know what I did yesterday night? If they ask you, ah, ah, my pastor is great, right? That's what you will say. Pastor, I love my pastor. But do you know what I did yesterday night? Do you know whether at home I kept saying, I will, I will die, oh, I will die. You're not, you know, you're not there. Do you know the way I eat? Like, maybe I eat anyhow. You know, you're not there. The same way with the people we love, relatives, close friends, including you. I don't know you. We, we believe in givings in this church. We give. But I don't know whether you give. I wish you prosper, right? I want God to multiply, but I don't know whether you gave. I don't know whether you even pray. I don't even know whether you joined the morning devotion. But I assume. So there are many things we assume about people that are either there or not there. 
So when the outcomes now show up, we now begin to change God's word to feed the person. Is it not ri ridiculous? You know, begin to you know change the the so the, the verse to fit into somebody's. No, you don't know them. Oh, we love people. We have to keep praying for people. We have to keep teaching people, like I'm doing now, with a good heart. But you can't really say you know them. Because at the core of complete protection is faith. And the enemy goes for that through various means. Ah, are you sure you will live long? Are you sure? Look at that person. Look at that. Are you, uh, yeah, uh, there are some witches. There are grades of witches. Oh. If it's a small witch, you can survive. If it's a bigger one, maybe just ask God for mercy. No, that's not what scripture says. No evil shall befall me. No, any plague come near my dwelling. Now, if anybody close to you comes under an attack, what is the right thing for you to do? Eh? Pray for them. Not change scriptures to fit. You help them, right? You pray for them. You stand in the gap for them. I was watching some documentaries in the course of the week. They call it, some of us have seen it, FBI files. FBI, you know, Federal Bureau of Investigation in the U.S. And about crime, about those things. And then, you know, these are true stories in the 80s and 90s that they've now been able to release to the public. And then you will see someone that in your neighborhood you never thought is a serial killer. You never even thought is a robber. And then one day you just see the FBI come to your neighborhood or to your, you know, and then bang, 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 and then handcuff somebody. You even think it's a mistake. And then you now realize he's been robbing banks for 14 years. What? They don't write it on the head. You greet him. <laughs> you will give him a gift during Christmas. Very shocking. That, eh, 14 years and he comes up. Hi. You don't know people. And you know why I don't know people? You too. There's some things you know about yourself that we don't know, isn't it? That sometimes you tell yourself, ah, if pastor knows this thing about me, eh? Will, will he even be greeting me in church safe? God will help me. You, you know yourself. We know ourselves. The devil doesn't even know you as you know yourself. Believe me. Only God and yourself. Faith for complete protection. And then number two in that line is learn to stand your ground. Learn to stand your ground. We have to remain fighters. We are, we are fighting. When it comes to business attacks, somebody says something in that business, uh, they're trying to stand your ground. Don't give in. Stand your ground in the school of protection, in the school of prosperity. It is warfare. Ah, it is warfare. God has given us the victory. God has given us the dominion. Then fight the good fight of faith. Stand your ground. Use scriptures 
to stand your ground. Mark 4.36. Mark 4.36. You, you can't be gentle when it comes to divine protection. The devil is brutish. The devil is wicked. It's subtle. You have to stand your ground. When you hear, in my name they shall cast out. Cast out is not a gentlemanly statement. Fight. The good, it's a good fight, but there's fight inside. Now, when they had left the multitudes, they took him along in the boat as he was, and other little boats were also with him. This is Jesus going in the convoy. <laughs> Hallelujah. Verse 37. And a great, what? Windstorm arose. This can be business windstorm. It can be any kind of marital windstorm. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. They were actually almost sinking. And ladies and gentlemen, Jesus was in the boat. In my thinking, I thought, if the devil will even do anything, you should avoid that kind of boat. If the devil can go like that, or whatever, then you should be ready to fight. So, verse 38. But he was in the stern, asleep on a pillow. And they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are what? Perishing. Verse 39. Now, this verse should teach us a lot of lessons. I thought Jesus would rise up and say, Ah, oh, oh, I don't know whether it's our destiny to die today or next week. Or if it's God's destiny for us to die today, let's just watch and see. You know, some people think like that. See, if it is in Yoruba and they call it um, Akole. How many of us know Akole in Yoruba? That is, God has written that this person will die on, the, on such, such and such a date. So if God has written it like that, there is nothing the person can do. He will die that day. If there is anything written, it is Psalm 91 verse 10. Any other writing, you need to blot it away. It's not God. Some people, when, when, when that kind of thing happens, you will start in their heart. Oh, ah, ah, hey, if God, if it's your will, hey, if God wants us to die from this storm, we can't do anything. But if he wants us to survive, no matter the will, no, he arose and what? Because it's not God's agenda. He arose and rebuked the wind and said to the situation, what? And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. <laughs> Look at the next verse. But he said to them, why are you, what? How is it that you have no faith? No, I said faith for divine protection. It's faith. It's faith. Why are you fearful? Faith. He spoke to the sea. He didn't say, God Almighty, come and help us here. He did what? Spoke. You speak. You stand your ground. Say, quiet. In the name of Jesus Christ. At the name of Jesus, every knee must bow. Every conspiracy against me in this organization. Father, I decree it will never work. Do you understand that kind of thing? And if it's physical or spiritual, every, every, every. And then you use scriptures. No weapon that is formed or fashioned against which I prosper. And every tongue, tongues, 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 tongues. Every tongue that rises against me in judgment, I cast down. You need to do that. 
A windstorm can be a financial windstorm. It can be a marital windstorm. It can, it, it can come in any way. You stand your ground based on scripture. He arose. He didn't even, before, you know, it was after he rebuked the storm that he started talking to them about their faith. He faced the matter first. That's, that's, that's a fighter. He rebuked the, the storm and said to the sea, Peace be still. And by the way, anyone that came in here with such a windstorm, I decree peace in the name of Jesus Christ. I said, I decree peace in the name of Jesus Christ. Peace. Peace over your businesses. Peace over your homes. Peace over your health. In the name of Jesus Christ. Now, have you noticed that Jesus speaks to the sea? What does he speak to? Three. What else? To demons. I just want you to understand that we speak to things. He spoke to water. He spoke to demons. He spoke to mountains. He spoke to trees. Now he's speaking to sea. Just to help you understand that uh, the things we are dealing with is not just human beings alone. When I'm flying, I speak to the plane. <laughs> Father, thank you for this flight. Let your glory come upon the pilot and the crew and every passenger. Satan, because I'm in this flight, it's a no-go area. Let the glory of God stay on the engines. We take off safely. We land safely. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Now, if you are praying that prayer, and you also notice that it's not going where, it means maybe there's a stronger battle. You too now increase the tempo. You know why you use shakabula? Sorry, you know shakabula? <laughs> Sorry. What shakabula? You know shakabula? Then gone, right? And it's not working. What's the next one? Eh? <laughs> You'll be watching movies. She said, Machine gun. That's nice. After machine gun, what's the next one? Bomb. Yes. After that one, girl. Even the. Even, eh? Nuclear. <laughs> there are levels. There's sometimes, there's sometimes you are going on a journey and you are praying. Before you even quote Psalm 91 verse 10, you can sense that it is done. You know that scripture that says, while you are here speaking. But there are some, after saying it, I feel a dryness. Ah. I check my heart. I'm supposed to go on this trip. The Holy Ghost has given me a signal. So I've cleared that one. Then you, you, you upgrade it. <laughs> you upgrade it. You bring out some other verses from Job. Or from Zechariah. I invoke the blood of Jesus Christ. No evil. If evil has to happen today, it passes over. If it has, because there are some days, uh, let me tell you, some days, some things has to happen. Ordained by hell, but it has to pass over. Today, as we take this communion, evil will pass over you. I say, evil will pass over you. That, that, that's another realm of uh, divine protection. There are, some, there are some weeks, there are some days that certain things have been, I don't know how it is in the realm of the spirit, it has to happen that day. You find out before that day ends, but it doesn't have to happen to you. Glory to God. Please, you need to grow in God's word. And we teach that here as much as possible. Because of the blood of thy covenant, you have rescued us out of the pit where there is no water. So there is rescue. There have been times I've been praying for people. I mean, this is very deep. In a, a member of the church in the hospital. And as I was praying, I could see that almost like somebody has to die in that ward. I'm telling you. Ah, what is this? Ah, Lord, this person can't die, oh. I said the wicked is a ransom for the righteous. Let him move, let him move over ahead. 
That's how it is. Oh. Where it now moves to, I don't know. But there's some things you can't stop. Let it move. If you move somewhere, somebody's moving too. You keep moving. They can move out of the hospital. <laughs> that's, how, that, that, that's how it is. You won't die the death of somebody else. <laughs> that's very powerful. I said, you won't die the death of somebody else. They will not mistake your identity. Let's go. Okay, so faith, stand your ground, and then close the door on Satan. Close the door on Satan. Ephesians 4, verse 26. As a covenant child, you, you, you have the covenant of protection. Satan knows that. In the realm of the spirit, there's a mark on you that exempts you, the blood of Jesus, the Holy Spirit. So what the devil tries to do is to make people open the door themselves. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath. Verse 27. Nor give what? Place to the devil. People give place to Satan by opening the door. Give no place to the devil. Uh, Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes 10 verse 8. I'm mixing Ecclesiastes with Ephesians. That's a powerful mix. Ecclesiastes 10 8. He who digs a pit will what? You can pray with that one too. In case they are digging a pit for you in the office. All those ones that somebody planning. Hey, they will not promote her. Hey, they will not promote him. Hey, we will be he will, the person that is digging the pit, they are the ones like him. At, they will fall into it. He who digs the pit will fall into it. Now, and whoever breaks through a wall. Now, that wall is a wall of protection. In KJV, it says, he that breaketh an edge, a serpent will bite. Can we have the KJV version? He that breaketh an edge, the serpent will bite. Who, uh, who, who, he who digs a pit will fall into it. Uh, he, he that digged a pit shall fall into it. And whosoever breaketh the word, edge, a serpent shall bite. Great be that day when I learned this verse. The edge in that context is a wall of protection. You know, like in a, in a garden where we have this plant called edge. It's to, it's to separate a building from another. Now, so he that breaketh the edge... The enemy, the enemy is a serpent, bites. So what the enemy does is to make people themselves to break the edge so that he wants, he wants to bite, but he cannot bite. Like for Job, he wanted to bite Job, but there was a wall of protection over Job. He, he couldn't do that. So what he does is he now begins to tempt people to break the edge, to open the door, either a small one or a big one, so that he can come in to bite. In fact, let me say this. Anytime you are praying about something, like you are binding and binding, and the thing doesn't seem to be going, go back and check if an edge has been broken by your own hand. It's like when you spray our homes with insecticide, right? Uh, what do they call it? Uh, fleet. It's insecticide. No? Huh. The fleet. Fleet. Fleet the house. Anyway, you spray with insecticide, and then you're excited. But the next night, you see plenty of mosquitoes. What happens after some days? You now begin to check. Ah, I killed some. Where did they come from? 
you now realize that there is a particular window that has been opened. You didn't see it. That's exactly what I'm saying. Anytime you notice some things, ah, I'm binding this sickness. I am casting this thing out. And it seems to be reoccurring. It seems to be persistent. Then you go back and check. Is there a door I opened unknowingly, or maybe knowingly, that while I am casting out, they are just walking in. He that breaketh an edge, the serpent will bite. So how do we break the edge? From Job's experience, the first one is fear. He said, the thing I greatly feared has come upon me. I think, is it 326 or something? Job. He said, the thing I greatly feared. And I wanted to deal with that this year. Don't be afraid. Fear of poverty. Will I ever survive this year? I can't make it. Look at the exchange rate. Look at this. You know? No, deal with fear. And it's faith that you used to conquer fear. Can we have that scripture? The thing I greatly fear. I think Job 3.27 or something. The thing I greatly feared. Job, Job said it himself. Because fear attracts evil. Fear attracts Satan. Faith attracts the hand of God. Fear attracts evil. The thing. It says, for the thing I greatly, what? Feared has come upon me. And that which I dreaded has happened. So the enemy's first attack most of the time is through fear. Fear of death. See, your mother died at 62. See, your dad died at 71. You can't last 63. And then it comes with a dark shadow on your head. And then you're afraid of death. You need to cast it down. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. But they are mighty through God. So they're pulling down strongholds. Casting down imaginations. You look at the business. Ah, how will I do it this February? See the indices. How will I make it through July? You have to stand and make some declarations and bolster your faith. In time of famine, God will prosper me. God will open doors for me. In fact, this is going to be my best year because I am shining in the midst of darkness. Thank you, Lord. Deal with fear. Another way we break the edge is through strife. James, I think 3.16. Strife opens the door to the enemy. Strife. James 3.16. For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing is there. Can we have this in KJV? That self-seeking is strife, self. <laughs> okay, KJV says, for where envy and what? Strife is, there is what? Are, are you here this morning? What is strife? Fighting. This malice, this unforgiveness, it, it opens the door. In fact, that one is your greatest enemy because people will hurt you. Before the service ends, somebody might even hurt you. Before the end of today, somebody might hurt you. If I not hurt you, you will hurt somebody. Self. <laughs> but this scripture should help you to wake up. It says, for where envy and strife is, there is what? Let me share this story with you. I pray the Holy Ghost give you understanding. Uh, Nobel Hayes. No, just caps. On why bad things happen to like good people, like covenant people. He was sharing powerful examples. He said there was a Christian lady. 
she was uh, sick. And she was trusting God for healing. Everything was going on fine. But the healing wasn't coming. And she had faith. She knew she had faith. They went to the hospital. And I think they prescribed some drugs for her to use. Some basic drugs. And the family was helping her. So when they got home, the family said, oh, I think the mom or something said, use these drugs. I mean, drugs, you know. So that. But she got into a fight on the drugs. You know that kind of fight, all those arguments, I'm not using it, use it, I'm not using it. As I'm praying. And as I was praying, the Holy Spirit said, there's strife in your life. Ah, strife? Oh, yes. So this thing you are fighting with your mom on, you know, fight, you know, you know, it started from drugs. You know, got into, you know, those emotional, hearty things. So even if it's for her sake, right? Go and use it. S- sort out that fight. <laughs> she did that and the healing came. From terminal sickness, it wasn't a small thing. So I learned from that time that the reason some people don't make progress is some unnecessary fights over things. Any business I try to do, the idea is fantastic and then you have got into a fight with your wife or your husband, don't do it, do it, you have to do it by force. That strife will hinder the prosperity of that business. Some of you will be realizing why certain things are at a standstill. You have the faith. Maybe God even spoke to you. But the way you are going about it has opened the door to strife. What a lesson. What a lesson. So strife can come in various forms. The moment arguments, reactions is trailing the thing, watch it. It will hinder the thing. You have to be a good negotiator. I'm not saying compromise. I'm not saying, I didn't say the mother brought or she do do. Eh? I didn't say the mother brought uh, uh, for compromise. I just use the thing. I didn't say that. It was tablets from the hospital. Even when something comes up, there is a wisdom to making it happen. That doesn't have to be fighty. I must do it. You will not do it. I must do it. This idea God gave me. God spoke to me. You might, you can't make progress with it. That way, strife blocks the flow of the blessing. My pastor shared a very powerful story. When he was about to get married, the lady he was about to get married to, the Holy Spirit came and told him that, ah, this is not your wife. Ah. And they've gone far, almost close to... Um, traditional wedding. I, I, I mean, he said, I'm the one that went to go and meet this lady with my own mouth. And she agreed. She, you know, said, Lord, help me. Help me to handle it well. I need your intervention. That is the better way. That I just called the one. Hello, God said, you're not my wife. Get out. That attitude can stop your own marriage. The next one, because you create unnecessary fight. Unnecessary fight is wisdom. So he said, the lady now came about two or three weeks after, and said there's a problem. Ah, what's the problem? That her parents don't want her to marry him. Eh? So she's bothered. <laughs> My pastor said was very happy. He said, that God answers prayers. He said, your parents said that? Why? I don't know. I don't know. Ah, he now said, and the Bible said we should honor our father. That's what he told the lady. 
and they came to a what? I'm teaching you a secret that will help you in your marriage, in your business. Agidi doesn't take you forward. It's wisdom that bats fruitfulness. There is a wise way to doing everything you are doing. You could have just called that lady out of God, said to me, I'm going ahead. Yes. But the lady will now carry unnecessary bitterness in her heart, which will hinder your own marital breakthrough. You now wonder where is it coming from. But God told me to break, and I broke. How did you break? Strife is a hindrance to divine protection. You and your parents, some issues will come up. Don't just be talking because you're not educated. Mommy, I can't have that. I can't have that. That is what I feel. Your, your, your education is affecting you, mommy. You don't know anything. Appeal to her. Mommy, when the, the result comes, both of us will enjoy it. Mommy, let me give it a try. Mommy, even pray for me. Is that not better? By strength shall no man prevail. Let's close. Uh, another thing that op- uh, breaks the edge is unconfessed sin or willful persistence in sin or breaking the covenant. God loves us, but he hates sin. So the enemy knows that. So he keeps people in the unconfessed. Look, there's some things in your life that you need to speak about on time to the right persons anyway. But speak about it. If you want the door to be shut against the devil, don't give place to the enemy. Don't give place to the enemy. I think it's in Isaiah 59, I think verse 1. Unconfessed sin or willful persistence in sin. You just realize that the thing you are trying to cast is not casting. The thing you are trying to bind is not binding. The door seems to be open. It said, behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, nor is here heavy that it cannot hear. What happened? Verse 2. But your iniquities have created what? A gulf. A hindrance. He loves you, but something is blocking it. So, we remove that blockade so there can be a flow. Glory to God. But your iniquities are separated between you and your God, uh, and your sins have hidden his face from you. Finally, uh, my time is gone. Um, don't tempt God. That's how people open the door to Satan. I mean, mosquitoes have beaten many, many of us here before. And you realize that sometimes a little opening can be the problem, isn't it? How much more if it's a big opening? The, as you are killing some of the mosquitoes or eliminating them, in the evening, another set had come in. But when you shut the door, the thing stops. Close the door on Satan. Matthew 4, and we pray. Matthew 4, verse, uh, verse 5. Don't tempt the Lord your God. One way people open the door is by tempting God. I didn't know you could tempt God until I saw this verse. He said, then the devil, hello, are you awake? Praise the Lord, oh. All the men in the house, say amen. amen. All the precious ladies, say amen. amen. Then the devil took him up into where? Who took him? Now, this verse will help you. There are some things that we do. It wasn't just a choice. It's Satan after something. 
The devil took him up to the holy city, set him on the pinnacle of the temple. He didn't take him to a club, uh, to an evil place that you can say was the devil that led her there or led him there. He was to the holy city, took him to the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, if you are the son of God, what do you do? Throw yourself down, for it is written now, he shall give his angels charge over you, and in their hands they will what? Verse 7. <laughs> oh, let's dash. Sorry, go back, go back. Thank you, go back. Let's dash what? Is that all scripture? The devil is quoting scripture. Look at verse 7, how Jesus responded. Jesus said to him, it is written again, you shall not tempt I have been given food before somewhere outside, you know, and it looks so lavish. And the Holy Spirit said, you can't eat not, You can't eat this. You can't be praying to me for protect, I mean, total health. And lunch. You can't eat it. You can't. <laughs> so, uh, because the enemy is subtle. He took him to the pinnacle. You can't be over speeding or recklessly driving because it's a new car or it's a Mercedes Benz. You can die. God forbid. It's not, it's not the devil that killed you. It's foolishness that killed you. So when we are doing things, you have to ask yourself, am I tempting God? Do you know you can overwork yourself to death? I mean, it's hard work bad. You can be walking like this. Say, I, I must work hard. Scripture says you must work hard. You, you, can, yeah, you can die on it. Because you didn't take care of your health. Go and read South Korea, um, their data. How many of their young people die? In, in, in fact, they have to legislate. They will be in the, what do they call it? All those rooms. Uh, uh, no, not gaming. Uh, where they are working on the computers. And a, a teenager will be there from morning. No eating, no drinking. Till evening and faint. Because it's working. Because doing research. Or you are walking on the road, especially in your city. You now put air, what they call this thing, my friend. You block the two ears. Ah! Maybe show on your own. Check South Korea. I mean, I, I, when I see such research, it touches me. Many of the teenagers die like that at the train station. Train station. You can't hear anything. Just entered and train crushes the person. Thou shalt not tempt the Lord. Your, your eating habits matter. It's not that your eating habits matter. Don't disease yourself by your hand. And please, let's help our children as they grow up. Because uh, inside the little lies the great. The things that compound for 20 years are harder to deal with. And it starts much more. We, we know better. Let's help our children. And we are as adults. Let's help ourselves. There are some things you are eating, you are tempting God. You go somewhere, you can put five meat, heavy. You see it, raw, and you are 48. Meat, all parts, yeah? Cow leg, cow tail, cow neck. And you eat everything. And you not take it with soft drink. Now sit down. Prosperity is great. Your lifestyle matters. You can't say because it's a gives angels charge over us. You don't lock your door at home. The angels are there. They are stronger than the door. 
there are some airlines I don't even take. I don't, I don't, know whether, I don't say they are bad, though. When I'm invited to preach in places, I appeal to them, I don't really want this airline. It's not that they are bad. I, my, my faith doesn't carry their lane. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know how to put it. I tell them, it's not that they, you know, you, 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 you live a responsible life. All this, don't smoke, smoke. This is where it comes in. You can't carry cancer with your hand. They are telling you not to smoke weed. No, no, it's big boys. <laughs> weed and within your life. Away. Go and read about it. What I do, I mean, you to go and read about it. How does this sugar help my life? How do you read it? They tell you, they tell you, look that they are trying to stop you. And I read somewhere that the challenge is not the next day. It's compound interest. I'm begging you. It's not that because you ate it on Monday, you'll be sick on Tuesday. In fact, you'll be feeling better on Tuesday. But that's, in fact, life is ruled by compound interest. Little for 10 years can make you great or can, or can destroy. It's not about tomorrow. It's about investment. That's why when people eat at times, they quickly go and do, to like burn it, it has come in, let me get it out. We are not doing exercises. You are not doing anything and you are just piling, piling. No. No, God forbid uh, one of our ladies shared a testimony yesterday, uh, last week in the second service. It was a powerful testimony, but she would have died. After she shared it with me, I said, thank God for the covenant, but I don't want you at the bus stop at 6.20 a.m. I don't want you. Uh, only you as a lady. Even me as a thief, you tempt me. If I'm a kidnapper, you tempt me. Alone! 6.20, what kind of work are you going to? If you die, the work will continue. Find a different way. Join somebody. 6.20 a.m. only you as a young lady standing alone. I said, I don't want it. Stop that. Thank God for his mercy. Are we blessed this morning? Rise up on your feet, great people. A king in scriptures took some people on tour over the entire palace. One particular king. He showed him all the secret, all the everything. Or the, where the jewelry, where the armory, everything is. It was that same king that came to invade them. When they came to invade, they knew where the thing, it was easy for them to. So I learned also in the school of protection, monitor your mouth. Tell everybody everything. In fact, I brought the car, it's $40,000. I'm going to transfer the money tomorrow evening. And you are telling your friend, take it versus a friend. Can't you keep quiet? Don't open the door. Give no place to the devil. Can we lift our voices and give thanks to God? What a beautiful day. You are fed this morning, I believe. Give thanks to him. Give thanks to him. And if you're in this service, you are not a covenant child yet. I need to tell you to get born again. It's as raw uh, uh, and plain as that. I need to encourage you to run into this covenant as we partake of his flesh and his blood. If you're already saved, oh, embrace this covenant. Embrace the reality of this covenant. And begin to say, Lord, thank you. Begin to speak the word of faith. Begin to speak and if you have made mistakes, oh yes, we all make mistakes. Thou shalt not tempt the Lord your God. There is a way you do things that literally opens the door to Satan to attack. Now close the door. Closing the door could mean repenting. It could mean confessing. It could mean making a, a different decision about your lifestyle. Whatever it is for each one of us, close the door. Close the door.
close the door, close the door, close the door, close the door. Makora kapakataja. Can we pray in the Holy Ghost? That lady that shared a testimony last Sunday said, I spoke in the tongues. I've never spoken before. There's something about praying in the Spirit that curates your steps, that protects you. The Holy Ghost shall overshadow you. Let's pray in the Holy Ghost if you can. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I, I want us to pray for our families. Whether you are single or married, pray for your mom, your dad. I just want us to do that this morning. Let's stand in the gap. Let's release the light. I have that nudging in my spirit. Let's release the light. Release the light. Release the light. Let's dim the light. The light of the covenant over the children. Oh, your sons, your daughters, your spouse. Sometimes your husband is not as spiritually strong as you are. Stand in the gap for him. Sometimes it's your son. He's not uh, in that spiritual mode. Stand in the gap. And it could be your own wife. It could be your mom or dad. Let's stand. Let's stand. Let's release the light. Yeah, 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 yeah. I love that verse. There shall no evil befall me. Neither shall any plague come near my dwelling. Our dwelling. Our residence. Our community. Our family. Karabasakatala. Rekarakasakata. Mando Kotola Kapate. Parke Sota. Alade Kosata. Avade Tokosata. Eradasadesta. Estangalabosa. By the blood of Jesus, let there be mercy. By the blood of Jesus, let there be mercy. By the blood of Jesus, let there be mercy. By the blood of Jesus, let there be mercy. Zechariah 9 verse 11 on the screen, please. By the blood of Jesus, let there be mercy. Zechariah 9 11, please. As for you also, because of the blood of your covenant, I will set your prisoners free from the waterless pit. Waterless pit means different things like terminal sicknesses. It means dry business, waterless, nothing, fruitless. Waterless pit, stagnation. Father, in the name of Jesus, I invoke the blood of Jesus Christ over everyone in this ministry. Our children, adults, precious ones, Lord, everyone. I invoke the blood of Jesus Christ. I declare, let there be rescue in the name of Jesus Christ. <laughs> let the blood of Jesus rescue anyone under the terminal sickness. Any terminal sickness. Your body begins to amend. Your healing comes now. Receive it in the name of Jesus Christ. And anyone wriggling in stagnation, waterless, empty, dry. Ah, Father, I declare their rescue in the name of Jesus Christ. I declare their rescue in the name of Jesus Christ. You shall live and not die. You will flourish in time of famine. In the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Can we just have our seats? I want to pray for those who are not saved. God has 
done so much already. If you're in this service this morning, you're not saved, I want to pray for you. Just before we partake of the communion, if you're in this service, you want to surrender your life to Jesus or rededicate your life, just lift one hand up. I want to pray for you quickly. God bless you. If you're online, God bless you. I see those hands. Beautiful hands. Beautiful. Can you please rise up on your feet where you are uh, so we can pray for you? I, I see those beautiful hands. Be bold. Be bold. Rise up on your feet. Be bold. If you're putting up your hand, rise up on your feet. I want to pray with you. I want to pray with you. Now put the other hand on your chest. God bless you. Say, say Lord Jesus, I, I thank you for loving me even while I was away today. I return home. Come into my heart. Come in today. Come in to stay. I renounce sin, Satan, and darkness. I confess Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Right now, I am part of this covenant by the blood of Jesus Christ. And all the blessings proclaimed, everything today becomes my experience also. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Let me pray with you. Lord, we want to thank you for these precious ones in this first service. The yoke of Satan and darkness is broken. Holy Spirit, take hold of them. They will never go back to darkness again. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. The officials will get a little sleep or pack across to you as you get seated. I, I love you to do it with joy and boldness. You fill in your details. Our team would like to get back to you and see you grow and become the best that you can be. God bless you. Welcome to God's family. Let's put our hands together for them. A man is not old until he stops learning. When you stop learning, you start dying. Learning is the key to greatness. Join us every Sunday at Global Impact Church at The Goodland, Ifako Bus Stop, Oworonshoki, Ogbudu Expressway, Lagos, Nigeria. Host, Yemi and Bimbo Davids. For inquiries, visit www.globalimpactng.org. Global Impact Church. Think greatness. Achieve greatness.